true and living God as not only God but as Savior and Redeemer. And we thank you for the privilege of being able to become your friend by humbling ourselves and obediently following after thee. We thank you this night for all our ears have heard and what what our hearts have felt thus far for the privilege to lift holy hands without wrath or doubting to bless and praise your holy name for your goodness unto us. And now we pray that you will breathe, Lord, inspiration into our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus Christ by your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, anoint us, O oh God, from the pulpit to the door, we pray in the name of Jesus and give us understanding and help us to implement your truths that our souls might delight itself in your fatness. Now we pray, Lord God, that if there be any sick among us, that you will touch them now in the name of Jesus and send forth healing in your holy name. Even those that desire to be here, not able to be here tonight because of affliction or sickness in their body, we rebuke the condition in the name of the Lord. Even though they may not be physically here, you are everywhere. And we ask you to touch your people right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We rebuke this sickness no matter what it is. And we thank you for victory over it in the name of the Lord. Now, Lord, have your way. Anoint us and use us for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Our souls say, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated at this time. We certainly just thank the Lord for the wonderful privilege he's given us to be together again in the house of the Lord. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you know anything about reading uh, the Psalms, about the Psalms, there are some Psalms that were called Psalms of Ascent. A-S-C-E-N-T. These were songs that Israel sang while they went up to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is the city that is on a hill. It was elevated above all the surrounding towns. So when you go to Jerusalem, you literally go up to Jerusalem. And while they made their journey for their various feasts ordained by God, they would sing these psalms and give God praise for what he had done. There's a certain group of psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. And so it is our privilege to sing the songs of Zion, to thank the Lord for all he has done, and to bless his holy name, and to praise him with exuberance because he is good and his mercies endure forever. We do thank God for our assistant pastor, Elder Geddes, and for all of our wonderful elders and ministers, for Elder Robertson and Elder Black and Elder McKinney and Elder Webster and Minister Griffith. Amen. We thank God for these wonderful servants of Christ. And I do thank the Lord for my companion, Mother Geddes, First Lady of our church, all of our church mothers who are here. I, I, I believe that Deacon and Sister Turner uh, made it back from California. Uh, I haven't heard anything contrary-wise, so 
We believe that they uh, got back sometime this evening. Did you hear? All right. So we have a witness now that they made it back safe. We can never take anything for granted, can we? And we thank the Lord, amen, for, for all of our deacons, amen, and everyone gathered tonight in the house of the Lord. Amen. We enjoyed the beautiful uh, service that was sponsored by Chosen Generation and uh, uh, they're sharing with us the uh, famous uh, quotations from uh, African Americans who have lived and embraced the struggle. portion of scripture that many of us know about formally or informally and I'm not I think I'll choose some verses kind of jumping in towards the back of the story since most of us are familiar with the early parts of it but why don't you turn in chapter 17 to verse 40. And let's consider a few verses then and then maybe we'll back up and share some things with you. How many want to experience perpetual victory in your life? Perpetual victory uh, in walking with the Lord, amen, and against the challenges of life. We all face challenges. We all have an enemy that is within and enemies without. Sometimes we find that our flesh is our worst enemy. Amen. A lot of people talk about the devil in the world, but sometimes we do ourselves more harm than the world and the devil could ever do. It's always a battle. It's always a struggle. But we thank God for the word of the Lord that lets us know that we can have victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And people who are victorious just feel better, look better, behave better than people who are down and out and defeated, don't they? And so if you'll go with me to verse 40, we find these words. And he, we're talking about David, took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance, good-looking young boy. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. And I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. 
Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. I'd, I'd like to talk to you tonight about the seven steps to victory. The seven steps to victory. The seven steps to victory. Now, no doubt, this is one of the best known and most beloved stories in the Bible. Probably not a one of us here tonight can say, I never heard this. Maybe never read it, but you can't say, I never heard about this. The battle between David and Goliath. Amen. And uh, I just hope that our Sunday school students are learning about these great patriarchs and matriarchs in the Bible, praise the Lord, because this is critical, amen. One reason this particular story seems to resonate with so many is because all of us have experienced being the underdog at times, have we not? All of us have experienced being bullied by uh, forces greater than us. And because it seems like the giants always win in real life, it's refreshing and inspiring to see the little guy win sometime. 
It engenders hope, doesn't it? Feel like if it could happen for him, it can happen for me. This is a wonderful story, but it seems like the more I read it, the more I learn. It has layers of truth. Amen. As you peel it away, you learn something you didn't think about before. And so I want to focus on these seven things that David did to obtain victory over his enemy. And I believe that if we employ these tactics today, we can have victory over the enemies we faced, be they internal enemies or external enemies. And so if you go back to the beginning of chapter 17, you'll see that the armies of the Philistines and the Israelites were set in array. The Philistines were a long-time nemesis of Israel. Sometimes it seems like Israel prevailed over them, and then other times uh, they prevailed over Israel. How many have had battles where sometimes you're the winner and sometimes you're the loser? Amen. You know, this group of people in particular was the reason why Israel didn't get to the promised land sooner than they could have. Because geographically, they were to the north of Egypt and to the south of Palestine or where the nation of Israel were. And so the quickest route should have been to go from Egypt north right into Palestine. But because these people were so wicked and egregious and just contentious and always wanted to fight, God didn't send them that way because he knew the children of Israel would have turned around and hightailed it and they wouldn't have just talked about going back to Egypt. They'd have gone back down to Egypt because at that time they didn't know anything about fighting. And a whole lot of folks, thank you Holy Ghost, think that they're going to somehow get through this life Amen, that we are, this journey that we're on with Christ without fighting. And some want to fight, but they want to fight the wrong people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Nobody's going to get through here without fighting. Paul said to the saints in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and the rulers of dark, the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Praise the Lord. The rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. You can't be a patsy and a pansy and make it through here. You're going to have to fight. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to fight. And you're going to have to realize that your enemy is not always going to look red and have a, a horns in his head and a, a tail with a point on the back and a pitchfork. Amen. That enemy is going to rise up in systems. That enemy is going to rise up in people. Praise the Lord. Amen. That enemy will even try to snarl at you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And some things, amen, you just might as well resolve now you've got to get tough. Amen. If you're going to make it through here, praise the Lord. Amen. And so the Lord knew that uh, Israel, when they left Egypt, would not have made it into the promised land if they had to start off by fighting. So he took them the long way around. And sometimes we wonder why we're going the long way around. It's because the Lord knows that that's the only way that we can make it. 
We're not ready for what we think we're ready for. Did not the Bible said we have not re yet resisted unto blood. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so, amen, we need to just keep our hand in God's hand and let him direct us, let him lead us, let him guide us in the way that he would have us to go. Praise the Lord. Now, amen, uh, the Bible makes it clear that these two armies were standing on a mountain. And I found it interesting when I was reading in verse 1, amen, the Bible says, and they pitched between Shakol and Azekah in Ephes Damim. Damim. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And as I begin to think of it, some of my old Hebrew class started coming back to me. That word Damim is in reference to blood, the coast of blood. Praise the Lord. So here they stood on a mountain with a valley in between them. Amen. The valley of Elah. And I'll tell you that a lot of your, a lot of your battles are going to be fought down in the valley. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody can feel victorious on top of the mountain. Amen. But there, uh, it is necessary for us to have valley experiences sometime. But, but the same God that gives us victory on the mountaintop can give us victory in the valley also. Did not David say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Praise the Lord. And so when you find yourself in the valley, you don't have to sit down and say, mom is the word and I can't praise the Lord and I can't bless the Lord. Remember the scripture that says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. There's something for you to learn in the valley. Praise the Lord. And when you learn it like you ought to, you appreciate the mountaintop. Otherwise, praise God, amen, you won't appreciate the mountaintop experience, amen, when they come. And so, hallelujah, the Bible makes it clear to us in this 17th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel that there was a champion among the Philistines. Uh, this fellow's name was Goliath. They said he stood over nine feet tall. Amen. He was the last of the children of Anakim. Uh, later on in their history, the children of Israel, or I should say earlier in their history, one reason why they didn't go over into the promised land earlier, uh, because the 10 spies came back and said, we saw the children of Anakim over there. And they were giants. They were much bigger than us. And amen. We looked like grasshoppers in their sight. Praise the Lord. You know, amen, darkness and sometime, amen, enormity of your enemy can play games with your mind and have you feeling as though, amen, there's no way I can succeed. There is no way I can have victory. But 1 Samuel chapter 17 says, oh, yes, you can. Praise the Lord, our God. And so here he is, a big old man, and he had the latest technology, amen, for fighting wars. He had, the Bible says, a brass helmet. Is that what you're reading? 
amen, and he had a coat of mail, and he had uh, 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 shekels of, of brass. His coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves or guards down uh, the lower part of the shin of his leg, and that was of brass. You see, amen, this was during the era, if you remember any of your training or teaching in history, this is during the time that the, the world stumbled upon, if you will, brass as a metal and begin to use brass. Uh, and if you're a Bible student, you know that the children of Israel were not allowed at this time by the Philistines to use brass. There are only two men in all of Israel's army that had brass weapons, Saul and Jonathan. Nobody else had the latest technology. Praise the Lord. Amen. They were still using slingshots. <laughs> Amen. And other kinds of weapons, praise the Lord, that wasn't like this new technology. Praise the Lord. And this man had a helmet of brass. He was covered in brass. His, 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 his spear was like a weaver's beam. It was about 17 pounds on the tip of the spear alone, praise the Lord. Uh, he had shekels of iron, uh, amen. And he, he was just a force to contend with. He was formidable, praise the Lord. And uh, he had an economical way of settling this problem. He said, why should there be all kinds of killing and bloodshed. I tell you what, he said, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, I'm going to fight for my side. And uh, just send me one man uh, who will come and fight against me. And uh, the winner will prevail and the losers will serve the winner. Praise the Lord. There's no need for a long drawn out battle. There's no need for a war that lasts for months and months and years and years. We can settle this right now down here in the valley of Elah. Praise the Lord. And when he would come out, the Bible said he did this for 40 days. When he would come out with his big imposing self and his little armor, armor bearer were little to him, his little armor bearer bearing his, 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 uh, his shield, and he would talk to the Israelite uh, army. The Bible said they were so afraid that they would run in the other direction. One day you had this little shepherd boy by the name of David who was sent on an errand by his father uh, to take some victuals, some food to his brothers and to give some to the captain of a thousand over the host. And when David got up there, they tell me that uh, he got up there and he, he was talking to some of the soldiers, out came Goliath. And Goliath was growling like a dog. Uh, and he was uh, uh, saying the same old thing. How many of you have fought the enemy and it seemed like the same old thing? You're battling the same old thing. Praise the Lord. 40 days he came out. Amen. No new message. The same old message. The same old proposal. Praise the Lord. But this was David's first time hearing it. Praise the Lord. Uh, and so the scripture says when David heard this, uh, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know, you got to have some back. 
backbone. You got to have some guts. You got to have some determination to succeed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you're going to win, if you just, amen, live life like a hamster and rubbing your hands together like a fly, amen, you just can't make it. You got to have some boldness, some tenacity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can't be wimpish or sheepish when it comes down to a battle. Let the church say amen. Amen. And so here the fella, he might have been the shortest fella in the group. He might have been the youngest fella in the group. Amen. He didn't have any armor. Praise the Lord. All he was is his spirit got stirred up. And I wish there were some people of God around, amen, that, that whose spirit would get stirred up. Amen. When the enemy comes out like a, uh, like a dog growling and, amen, uh, in your face and trying to intimidate you, make you want to back up and go sit down in the corner somewhere. I wish there was somebody so in touch with the spirit of God, amen, that the power of God within him would rise up praise the Lord, to fight against the devil and his host. Praise the Lord. And uh, you know, when he heard and he said, who is this fella? Amen. These, these soldiers begin to tell him a little bit about Goliath and will tell him a little bit about what's going to be done for the man that would go down and fight Goliath. And his brother Eliab, the oldest one, heard and uh, amen. He began to rebuke David. What you doing here, little boy? Who'd you leave the few little sheep? There's always somebody to tell you you can't do it. There's always somebody, amen, to challenge you and figure, well, you can't overcome, praise the Lord, amen. But, but the Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against? I ain't studying nobody, praise the Lord, hallelujah, because my Bible said, if God be for me, amen, who couldn't, can be against me? Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And, and so Eliab rebuked David, amen, and then David, uh, amen, uh, he said something in verse 29 that, that is so profound. He said, what have I now done? So this must have been, this must have been, he was the youngest and they were picking on him, you know, amen, anybody in here the youngest in the family, sometime when you're the youngest, amen, you become uh, the good thing for the older ones, is that right, uh, Amen. They like to tease you. They like to push you. They like to shove you. Amen. They like to take authority over you, even though they're not your mother or father. They try to act like they're your mother or father. Somebody must know what I'm talking about. And so David said, what is the matter now? What have I done this time? And then he said something profound, something that each of us needs to grab a hold of in our spirit. He said, is there not a cause? Praise the Lord. I'm not just up here amen just to bring food but now I found out what's really going on here and I've seen that amen somebody needs to answer the challenge of the enemy somebody needs to stand up praise God and stop running stop putting your tail between your legs and experiencing another defeat amen somebody needs to 
fight. Amen. And Paul said to fight the good fight of faith, didn't he? Amen. And lay hold on eternal life. Praise the Lord our God. And so, amen, they went running to Saul and they said, Saul, we found somebody. We found somebody who was willing to fight the giant. Amen. And they brought the old David, nice looking young man to, to Saul. And you know, Saul, the Bible said he was tall. He was head and shoulders above everybody in Israel. He was the big dog in Israel. Praise the Lord. And it seemed like if anybody would have gone out to fight Goliath, it would have been their big man against their big man. Praise God. But Saul, he wasn't going out there either. And here come this little fella, amen, walking up there with the big talk. Praise the Lord. Amen. Saying to Saul, listen, amen, don't worry about this. Amen. Let me go and fight this Philistine. Amen. And Saul tried to try to try to uh, speak some sense to him. Common sense. You know, the devil always got some common sense why you shouldn't obey God. Amen. And why you shouldn't stretch out on faith and why you shouldn't believe God. He said, listen, listen, listen. Amen. I appreciate uh, the, what you want to do, but amen. You're not a man of war. And this man has been a man of war from his youth. You're just a young fella. You, you don't know uh, the, the tactics of a soldier. You don't have a strategy here. Amen. But I'm saying to you tonight that there are seven steps to victory. He did have a strategy. Praise the Lord. Amen. He, he said, listen, King, let, let me just let, I got a resume. Let me just tell you a little bit about my resume. He said, yeah, I, I'm a shepherd. I, I take care of sheep. Uh, he said, but you know how it is out there in the wilderness because here, here comes a beast that tried to take the sheep away. And I remember one one day a lion came, amen, and snatched one of the sheep, and, and I, I killed the lion, I killed the lion, and another day a bear came, and I, I, I killed the bear, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and I rescued my father's sheep, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, Goliath ain't nothing more to me than like a lion or a bear, if I can kill a lion, if I can kill a bear, I can kill Goliath, praise the Lord, every once in a while you need to stop shaking in your boots and say wait a minute look at where God has brought me from look at what he has already done for me look at the ways he has already made for me he straightened out crooked roads he's raised up valleys and put me on the mountaintop amen he's given me feet like hinds feet so I can climb up on my high places I'm sick now but this isn't the first time I've been sick he's already heard my prayer and touched my body when I was sick before I've been healed by the miraculous hand of God I was in trouble and the Lord got me out of trouble sometime I didn't have much money but the Lord provided for me I was wondering amen where was some food gonna come from where was some clothes gonna come from how we were gonna get in a better neighborhood how I was gonna get a better job amen and the Lord brought me through praise the Lord amen that's why David said on one occasion wait on the Lord and be of good strength and he will amen be of good courage and he will strengthen 
thine heart. Amen. So every once in a while, you've got to glance back. Even though you're looking forward, you've got to glance, glance back. And you've got to remember what the Lord has already done. If he could bring you to where you are, he can take you to where he wants you to go. Let the church say amen. And so when David shared his resume, Saul said, hmm, I ain't killed no lions lately, and I never killed a bear. Praise the Lord. Maybe there's something. He didn't, he didn't ask for no proof. He was just glad to hear somebody. You know, when you get around somebody that got some backbone, and you get around somebody that got some courage, and you get some somebody that don't show fear, amen, even if you're wimpish, you start making you, amen, feel like you can do something, like you can be strong. Amen. Nobody wants to follow a leader whose knees are knocking, who's doubting and talking sweet and weak. Praise God. Amen. People follow people that are strong. And the Bible tells us be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lord. And so we find, amen, that Saul said, all right, I'll tell you what, you can go on out and find him. Ain't nobody else going to find him. But if you want to find him, go, go ahead. Praise the Lord. He would probably counting on it well I guess we just gonna be he didn't say it with his mouth but I know how people think he was probably saying to me well we, we they can't say we didn't send somebody and that's the rise reason why we gonna have to serve the Philistine because there's no way this boy can beat the Philistine he wasn't saying it with his mouth but praise God I guarantee you he was thinking it in his head praise the Lord but he said I'll give you at least a fighting chance see my armor put my armor on now you can imagine big old Saul putting his armor that was custom made on little old David and David around there yeah, some of y'all have put on coats and the sleeves were too long you can't even see your hand praise the Lord the jacket is long like a skirt praise the Lord amen you, 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 you. David said I can't I can't operate with this I've never tried this amen praise God I I appreciate it king but take take this take this stuff here amen let me use what I normally use praise the Lord and David went on out there praise God to fight the Philistine and then he went out there praise God the Bible said he got his sling ready amen and then he came to the brook because he was down in the valley now he was down in the valley Eli. he wasn't standing up there on the mountain getting this mountain view amen this helicopter view of what was going on he was down there where the action was now sometimes you got to go down there where the action is praise the Lord amen and so he is down there amen and on his way down he came across a brook and he stooped down and he picked up five stones and I'll talk about that in a minute but he put them in his little satchel amen and then he went off and we know the end of the story he won is that all right hallelujah with a sling and a stone but but let me tell you how he won the first lesson is this praise God he had a relationship and he had experience with God if you want to be a winner you got to have a relationship and experience with God praise the Lord our God and it starts out through prayer and this is where a lot of people 
make their mistake. They don't pray, even though the Bible said men should always pray. Isn't that what Jesus said? And not faint. Prayer is the way you draw closer to the Lord. Prayer is the way you get in touch with the Lord. Prayer is the way you commune with God. Praise the Lord. David had consistent devotions. He was a shepherd. He was out there in the field. He didn't have nobody to talk to. You could talk to sheep, but they can't talk back. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so David was out there many times by himself. But rather than boohooing like some of us who are lonely, amen, he used his time wisely. He used his time to get in touch with the Lord. Amen. And when you get in touch with the Lord, you forget that there ain't other people around because you can have a good time just you and Jesus. Somebody ought to know what I'm talking about. Uh, amen. Having family and friends around is a wonderful thing. But y'all sang the song not long ago, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Uh, praise the Lord our God. Uh, I remember just a few years ago when I wasn't, I had a little surgery and wasn't able to get out here for a few weeks like I wanted to. Praise the Lord. Amen. Every time you all were in church, uh, amen, I didn't flip on the television and watch no, no football ball game, baseball game, no sports. I didn't watch anything on the television. Praise the Lord. I was in a kind of condition where I was somewhat incapacitated but I could walk around and so the whole time while you all were in here singing and shouting and preaching and hearing the word, I would just walk back and forth in the room in my house talking to Jesus, just talking to Jesus, just me and Jesus. Praise the Lord. And, uh, uh, somebody said friendship with Jesus uh, fellowship divine uh, oh what blessed sweet communion uh, Jesus is a friend of mine uh, when you begin to talk with him like that uh, you ain't got to say Jesus for you feel nothing. And you ain't got to say, for you feel something. Praise the Lord. You're so close to him that just the mention of his name, you begin to feel the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost surge through you. Amen. It's like he's right there with you because he is with you. He said, I won't leave you or forsake you. My friend, if you want to walk on your high places, come on back to the altar. Amen. Seek the Lord while he may be foul call on him while he is near put aside the things that are getting in the way and hindering you amen and bow your face before the Lord don't wait till the crowd can see you go into your secret closet Jesus said if you go into your secret closet he said when you come out I'll reward you openly you'll come out with power you'll come out with anointing you'll come out with everything you need to be successful let the church say amen hallelujah to the Lord amen what else did he have the second thing that was part of his strategy amen and I've already alluded to this he had courage he had courage and understand this about courage courage is not always amen a complete absence of fear but what it is most often is the refusal to be stymied or crippled by 
I fear. Everybody feels afraid sometime. Is that right? Praise Lord. Matter of fact, sometimes it makes sense to be afraid. It could save your life. Praise the Lord, our God. Amen. But, 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 amen. If you're going to be courageous, you have to learn I'm going to triumph over the apparent fears. Praise the Lord. The Bible said Saul and his army, amen, were afraid. The Bible said in verse 11 that they were dismayed and greatly afraid every time they saw Goliath. And the Bible said in, in verse 24, amen, that they were sore afraid. Fear is a terrible thing. Fear will stymie you. It'll stop you in your tracks. It'll keep you from doing, amen, what your heart wants to do. Amen. You know there's something you should do for the Lord. You know there's something you should do to better your own life. But fear will stop you in your tracks, amen, and you're frustrated because you know better is ahead, amen, but fear has you feeling like, well, you don't want to go out there and try this and do this. You might fail, amen. Who cares if you fail? If you fail, learn a lesson, get up and try it again, amen. Some of you, you need to do a lot more reading than you do because you think successful people are people that just rose up, amen, came out the womb successful and lived their whole life successful. No, many of the people in this country, amen, who have a lot he failed a lot. Praise the Lord. Some of the ones that are millionaires and billionaires, amen, were people that, that were bankrupt on more than one occasion. But rather than lie down in the ashes and boo-hoo and cry, as the folks used to say over still spilled milk, they got up and dusted themselves off and say, I'm going to try it again. I'm not dead yet, so let's try it again. And they kept trying until they were successful. Some of you are locked in life like that's your station. It's not your station. You need to rebuke fear because the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. But he's given us power and he's given us love and he's given us a sound mind. Praise the Lord. Fear will back you up in a corner and keep you from living. You need to tell fear step aside fear. I'm going forward. You need to be like Esther that said I'm going to see the king. If I perish I perish but I'm going to see the king. Amen. Some of you need to come out. Amen. Of the little uh, cages you have put yourself in. Nobody put you behind bars. Nobody put you in a cage. You're scared. Somebody ought to be jumping up and twirling right now. Because I'm at their house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're just scared. And scared folk, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get old and angry and resentful. Because you're going to remember all those opportunities the Lord presented to you to better yourself, to better your life, to grow in him, to, 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 to be what he wants you to be. And when you can't do anything else anymore and you don't have the strength, amen, you're you, 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 you tired by 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm talking about yet. And some of you do. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you get to that stage in life where you don't have the vim and the vigor and the push and the drive like you once had in the days of your glory, you're going to be angry with yourself because there was plenty of opportunity. God wanted to use you. He wanted to bless you, but you were scared. Come on. Come on. 
out there and try it. Amen. All you got to do is hear the word that said in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Think about it. Get a plan and go to it. Stop bellyaching and moaning and groaning and blaming somebody else for your failure. You failed, so what? Learn from it. Huh? Do a little reflection. Take some notes. Learn some lessons. And try it again. Anybody in here know how to ride a two-wheel bike? I mean, without training wheels. Do you remember when you first started? You probably fell a number of times. Amen. But you wouldn't know how to ride today if you didn't get up and get back on there. And some of you had parents that said, you better get back up. Because <laughs> some parents are the worst thing that can ever happen to their children. They're scared and they put fear in their children. Huh? No. Get back up and get back on the bike, son. Let's try it again. They might hold the back of the seat sometime while you're struggling to try to balance. But after a while, a good parent will let the seat go. Right? And you, while you will, you let it go. Yeah, I let it go. Because you're going to learn how to ride this bike. I'm not trying to kill you, huh? But I can't hold, I can't go everywhere you going and, and me holding the back of the bike. Everywhere you go, I got to hold the back of the bike. Right! Amen. Fall if you must, but get up and learn how to ride. Some of you need to learn how to ride. Hallelujah. You're looking at successful people, a lot of times they don't tell you how many times they skinned up their face. Huh? And skinned up their elbows, skinned up their knees. Praise the Lord. Just because they don't look skinned up now don't mean that they don't have scars. They just got clothes on. Somebody ought to know what I'm talking about. I know I know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. So you got to have courage. Praise the Lord. David knew what happened to that lion and that bear. Hmm? And so no matter how intimidating the enemy, go forward. How? In the name of the Lord. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. He could see what his enemy had. He said, but I come to thee. Ain't no sense to talk about one God if you don't really believe in him. If the things of the world you think are more powerful than the God you serve, shame on you. Huh? Shame on you. He said, I come in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then Solomon said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous runneth into it. And they're safe. Somebody said, take the name of Jesus with you. Child of sorrow and of woe. Y'all need to go ahead and learn these hymns. You don't know what you're saying and what you're saying. Y'all need to go back and learn some of these hymns. And find out the history behind them. Don't let the hymns die and go away. Those are the songs you might sing in ICU near the end. You might not sing he, oh he, oh he, oh he, oh he. You might sing take the name of Jesus with you. Huh? You might sing he's sweet I know. Huh? Huh? Praise the Lord. You might sing that refrain, I'll go with him, with him all the way because where he leads me, 
I will follow. Praise the Lord. Is that all right? All right? Amen. So David said, I come in the name of the Lord. How many believe the name of Jesus Christ is the greatest name you could ever utter? Huh? It's the greatest name you could ever utter. The name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's great for baptism, isn't it? It's great for receiving the Holy Ghost, isn't it? That's the only way you can. But as the Lord, will, when you call on him, he will help you when you're in trouble. Praise the Lord. All right, number three, he had faith. He trusted in God's ability to strengthen him again. I done fought the lion. I done fought the bear. I believe he's going to be with me this time also. Praise the Lord. David put his trust in the Lord. He would later write, some trust in chariots and others in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is not just there for you to quicken sometime. Call on me, he said. Before you call, I'll answer. He loves it when you call on him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's the object of our faith. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in God. Hallelujah. Amen. David called him the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Do y'all fight any battles? Huh? Or like we like the rest of the Israelites. Y'all fight any battles? Well, it's the Lord that's strong and mighty. See, he's not going to let you go out there and fight it yourself and get the victory because you get puffed up. And he said no flesh is going to glory in his presence. But he can work through you. And you won't be able to deny this was the... <laughs> Uh, me and Jesus, he, we hooked up and he did the work and I watched. <laughs> I saw him work through me and give me victory. Praise the Lord. That's, that's why you praise him. Praise the Lord. Don't put your trust in man or the systems of men or their devices. Promotion don't come from the east or the west. So you all too, you're trying to worry about getting connected. You see what happened to these folk that are so connected and trying to get their kids in these schools. Oh, they're connected all right now. Huh? They're connected to the court system. And some of them are going to be connected to the jail. You don't need nobody but Jesus. He can touch people's hearts in your behalf. He can make people do for you what they didn't plan on doing for you. Huh? He can make them fair when they don't want to be fair. He can make them think about you or consider you when they, you are the furthest thing from their mind. Huh? They might be on their bed at night, sleep, and who do they dream about but you? That's the Lord. That's the Lord. It's not what they ate. It's not alcohol. That's the Lord coming to them and bringing you to them in the dream. You read about it. Huh? Didn't God come to Amalekite, um, Amalek for, for, for Abraham? Praise the Lord. Didn't God come to Pharaoh 
for Joseph and the Lord will come to your Pharaoh for you. You don't need to play. See, I, I, I can't get some of y'all to understand this. You don't need to use the methods of the world to succeed. Hallelujah. Be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord. Obey him. Do his will. He'll make a way for you. He'll make a highway, Isaiah said, in the desert. He's just looking for somebody to give him the glory. And you can't give him the glory until he work a miracle for you. What you gonna go back and say, I was connected to this job and the other one? God gets no glory out of that. He's glorified when there was no way and he became the way. When you had no money and he put money in your pocket. Some trusting chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. He's our God. Hallelujah. Not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob. Somebody say he's my God. Y'all ain't saying it like he is. That's why you broken down, ain't got nothing, disgusted and busted. Huh? Because you don't really believe this. When you believe this, you say it boldly. He's my God. And you know what? My God can do anything. He can do anything. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Songwriter said, Jesus knows all about our trouble. And he will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend <laughs> like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> He's a friend of mine. Hallelujah. What else did David have in this strategy? Number four, conviction. Conviction. Some of y'all need to make up your mind. I'm going to stand up for what's right, even if I don't end up with friends. Remember, if God is for you, who can be against you? Huh? If you got a compromise, I'm saying compromise, I mean in this kind of fashion, where you have to deny what is right for a relationship, you are just a little too weak. Huh? You're just a little too weak. The enemy is going to bring some things in your life where you're going to compromise and find yourself in maybe some immoral situation outside of the will of God. There's too many times we're reading this Bible where people stood up. Amen. And sometimes alone. You think Daniel wanted to go in that lion's den? But he went. Matter of fact, they threw him. You think the three Hebrew boys wanted to go in the fire? But they threw him, didn't they? Did the Lord bring them out? And he'll bring you out too. I love about the three Hebrew boys. They said, listen, even if he don't deliver us though, 
That's why them people used to sing that song, I got a home in heaven, ain't that good news? Because they knew they wasn't going to get out of all the craziness that was going on down here. But they knew where there was someplace better than this. Hallelujah. You got to be convicted. David asked the question, who is this? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, there ain't no God but my God. Who is this fellow? It, it prompted him to write. Let me just read a little bit of what he wrote. Psalm, Psalm 115. He knew no one, no, no, no God but his God. He said, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? Their blasphemy is now right in their teeth. He said, but our God is in the heavens. <laughs> he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Now let me tell you something about their gods. He said, he didn't even call them gods, no, he called them idols. He said, they're made of silver and gold, the work of men's hands. He said, you know what I noticed about them? I see a mouth on them, but they can't speak. I see the men have fashioned them with eyes, but they can't see. I look on the side of their head and they got ears, but they can't hear. In the front of their face, they got a nose just like me, but they can't smell. I noticed they even gave them some hands, but they can't feel or handle anything. They got feet, but the only way they get around is if the, their maker moves them. <laughs> My, my, my. Neither speak, speak they through their throat. He said, they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. For he is their help. And their shield. Praise the Lord. Be convicted about what is right and stand for what is right. Even when you're defied, stand for what is right. Number five, be skilled in the use of your weapons. Don't go to war without a weapon. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Not only you have a weapon, but be skilled in the use of that weapon. Now we know one of our weapons is this. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is why you need to read it and read it and read it. All y'all have been in here saying for a while, ought to have some raggedy Bibles. I got some raggedy Bibles. I don't know what to do with I, 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 I feel like I should put them in a box and have a little funeral service and bury them in my backyard. <laughs> but I haven't quite gotten to that place yet. Some are mildew. Some are raggedy and need to be completely rebound. Some pages are ripped. Ain't no moth got to them. I got to them. You got a Bible and you got pages that are still sticking together and you don't have that Bible five years. You don't read the word. You got to get in this. That's when it becomes a lamp to your feet and a light to your pathway. That's when your way gets cleansed. That's when you read this word and it just... Slap your face good. 
then when you get here, I don't seem so bad because that already got on you. Amen. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The Bible said by taking heed to the word of God. Forget CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and, huh? Forget them and get your head in the word. You're going to get something that you can't get from the newsman. You're going to learn how to do right, how to live right. You're going to learn something about your God. You're going to learn something about yourself. You're going to learn something about humanity. You're going to gain some wisdom even though you're not that old. Because it comes from above. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give it to all men liberally. And he won't be mad with you because you asked for wisdom. He'll give it to you. Can't be walking around like you know everything because you don't. Well, we know somebody that does. You get in his word. Don't expect that he's going to bring all the answers to you. You search it out. Solomon said it's the king's glory to search out what God has already left on record in his word. You got to study, Paul said, to show yourself approved unto God. Not just casual reading. Study. These scriptures got hooks in them, Elder. Is that right? They got hooks in them. You begin to get this, and you see the hook in that scripture? You, you know you're starting to hook it up when you, you're reading one scripture and it's giving you a truth and you start thinking of another one that's conveying the same thing and you hook those two up. Praise the Lord. And then you're thinking of another one. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. You're talking about Legos. This thing began to come together. And as your understanding gets open, you feel like jumping up and dancing with no music. Hallelujah. This word just, it begins to, that's what Jeremiah said. Hallelujah. Just get in you and just feel like fire. Amen. Just get you to bubbling, get you to laughing, get you to smiling. When the Lord opened up your understanding, you realize I was ignorant. But I'm learned now. Hallelujah. Through the word. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, even if you're, uh, for whatever reason in life, your reading level isn't where it ought to be. I dare you to read this and read this and read this. First of all, you know that's written on about a 13th grade level? A step above high school. And don't just be lazy and gloss over the word if you don't understand it. Get your dictionary out. Get your dictionary. Don't just read, I read the Bible today and you didn't understand a thing you read. Get your dictionary. Put it right there. And begin to just, you got all the rest of your life. This ain't like a, a college course you got to finish in four years. You got the rest of your life. So open that Bible and begin to read it and begin to study it and get it in you and memorize some of these Bible. Praise the Lord. These scriptures that have hooks in them, they start hooking up together. And all of a sudden, your eyes begin to open and you begin to feel good on the inside because the Lord is talking to you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So you got to be skilled in the use of your weapon because this is your weapon against the devil. Not an article that you read somewhere. Not somebody's book. They might have good sayings, but nothing is like the word of the Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. David had nothing but a little slingshot, didn't he? But he was skilled. Amen. That was his weapon of war. Hallelujah. He knew how to use that slingshot well. On his way down to meet Goliath, he saw the brook. He stopped down there and picked him up some stones. Five smooth stones. Put him in his little bag. Somebody said, why five? Well, I used to think it was because of J-E-S-U-S, but you know, that's not how, it's not spelled that way in Hebrew. Yeshua isn't J-E-S-U-S. It's not spelled that way in Greek, Jesus. It's not spelled that way in Spanish, Jesus. So, you see, when I first started preaching, I used, boy, I would have myself a time with this one. Oh, yeah, we sing and shout and testify. Picked up five smooth stones. J-E-S-U-S. And we have ourselves a good time in my ignorance. Yeah, it sure sounded good. But I got some other. I've been peeling them layers back. Here's one thing I found out. Goliath had four brothers. <laughs> You bring Goliath in there, there's five folk. See, when the Lord does a job, he does a complete job. You read that Bible and you find out the Israelites killed all Goliath's brothers. David killed Goliath and others rolled up and killed the other four. God wiped out all your enemies. Huh? When he does something, he does it well. He don't leave something, you know, a little burr up there. You ever get a splinter or something in your hand? You don't feel better until you get the whole thing out. I'm telling you from experience. I don't care whether it's wood or metal. Is that right, Deacon Revere? You got to get the whole thing out. Because as long as there's a little burr in there, every time you touch that spot, you feel like saying, ouch. And sometimes the only way to get it out, you got to heat up something good. Don't get yourself infected now. Heat it up good. And you got to dig in that meat underneath it. You can be your own surgeon. Operate on yourself. Dig down in that meat. It might not feel too good at the time. But dig down below the spur. And get that piece of metal or wood out. Even if you got to cry, go ahead. Because as soon as it comes out, the moment it comes out, you're going to feel better. The moment it comes out your thumb, you're going to be able to put your thumb on the table and you're fine. Pain is sometimes necessary. Hallelujah. Otherwise, we get too bold and brash and brazen and proud. Sometimes we wonder, why am I going through this? So you won't turn your nose up at somebody else down the road? If somebody else come along, you'll be able to empathize with them or sympathize? Amen. You'll know what they're talking about because you've been there. You've been there. And I know I should say this with my face to the cross because some of you about fall out like Eli right now. You're going to go through a whole lot of stuff before your life is over. Amen. And some of it's going to be painful. But the Lord allows it to happen to show you that he can bring you through and then give you an opportunity to help somebody else go through. Just like I'm helping you now, and help you many times, he's going to let you help somebody. But you got to go through something first. Amen. 
so he got them five smooth stones. And Goliath was big, and one of his brothers was so big, he had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. And he died. He died too. Because when the Lord does a job, he does a complete job. Sometimes the Lord will get somebody to come alongside and help you. Huh? Amen. David, he kind of learned a lesson. He stayed home one time and got himself in a mess. He should have been out at war. He stayed home sometime and saw that naked woman. Now, it wasn't her fault, but he shouldn't have been there. He's up on the roof with his nosy self looking at some things you don't need to see. I keep saying that. And some things you don't need to know. That's why some of y'all need to get off Facebook and all this other stuff because your nose is too long and you can't handle what you're looking at. You can't walk right. You see other stuff, you start lusting after that rather than something in you repel you like it repelled uh, David because he had conviction about what was right. Amen. Messed around and saw Bathsheba yep. and went off. Mm-hmm. Amen. So he said, well, I won't do that again. No, so the next time they had a battle, he was much older. Right? right? right. Here come David with it. He probably <laughs> almost had a cane. <laughs> going out there to fight. Right. He's going to be faithful. <laughs> He's going out there to fight anyhow. Right. Right? right? And one of them big old Goliath boys knocked him down. They knocked him down. Jesus. And David was down there on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that fellow was about to kill him. Jesus. And one of his big boys stepped in. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. He said, we're not going to let the light of Israel go out. Mm-hmm. You go home and stay home. We don't mean no disrespect, but you don't fault your battles. Fault your battles you don't need to be out here anymore. Right. We'll fight. Yeah. We'll fight for right. you. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll fight for you. We'll fight the enemy now. So he didn't have to kill more than one Goliath. God brought help with him. And they finished off the rest of them Goliath boys. Praise the Lord. Anybody feel like fighting? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord will send you help. You don't have to do all this by yourself. Hallelujah. Let me tell you another reason why he picked up the five stones. Smooth stone. Because if he had gotten something a little jagged, when he went to sling, then things would have wobbled. These were smooth and well balanced so they could fly straight for the mark. He didn't get some old wobbly stone, some old, like my grand said, Poppy, I want a rock. He likes rocks. Well, he's a little boy. But David was old enough enough to understand, I need a stone, a smooth stone, something that can stay on the course. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You got to know something about your weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Do you not know you can destroy the enemy and his work in your life? Huh? You don't have to let them come in your home and take over your home. 
You don't have to let them come in your marriage and take over your marriage. Amen. You don't have to let them come on your job and take over your job. How bad do you want it? Hallelujah. How bad do you want it? I'm not telling you to go jump up in somebody's face. I'm telling you the, the saints learn how to fight on their knees. You can go to the God that can fix it. Huh? I've had people tell me what they're not going to do. I'll never work for you. And you know what? And they did. It's either work for me or go home with a pink slip. That was your choice. I had a fellow, I'll never work for you. He was glad to work for me. Then later on, I fired him. It wasn't vindictive. He just wasn't that good. They were downsizing in those days. And he was a weak when he had to go home. But we still maintained a relationship. When his daddy died, I went to his daddy's funeral. He was glad to see me. I wasn't vindictive. God said, vengeance is mine. The Lord will make your enemy your footstool. Oh, yes, he will. People can give you trouble, but in the end, the Lord will let you outlast them. I've had people talk about me like a dog lie on me. Huh? try to destroy friendship relationships I've had with other people. And I keep seeing every one of them fall, fall, fall. Some fall right in the grave. Fall, 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 fall. See, the scripture said, touch not mine anointed and do my prophet no harm. You can mess your life up, but you put your big mouth on me. Use your teeth to bite some meat. Leave me alone. Amen. Number six, he was observant. David was observant. He didn't just go along talking to Goliath. He was watching him. Huh? He was sizing him up. He was looking for Goliath's vulnerability. Every enemy has vulnerable spots. Every enemy. We need to watch and pray. Isn't that what we are commanded to do? When that lion and that bear came out, he found the vulnerable spot. He said, go ahead and have all that hair under your chin if you want to, because you know we get all this hair now. The Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Women have long hair. Men have short hair. Them fellas came with their beard. You know what he did? He snatched him by the beard. When he got him by the beard, he had his head. When you got the head, you can cut his head off. And the bear, the same thing, he came in there with a beard. He got close enough, all them claws, he snatched him by the beard. Yeah. When he had his beard, he had his, beard, he had his head. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I see these fellas with all this long stuff now, playing football, stuff sticking out the back of their helmet. They better be glad they're playing with these sweet and wimpy guys today because in my day we it's legal to grab them by the hair the fellas I played with they would snatch that hair and take your hair and your helmet and your whole head off now they let these looking like girls head flapping in the wind y'all don't believe me turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 y'all think I'm making this up I don't care what the world is doing the Bible's right Amen. Amen. 
Look at verse 13 first. Judge in yourselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. Judge in yourself. Is it coming for a woman to pray unto God uncovered? This ain't talking about hair. This is talking about something on top of her hair. That's Bible. It's amazing how many folks have as much education as me and more. Even apostolic act like they can't understand this. Verse 14, doth not even nature itself teach you? Nature teaches you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, verse 15, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given her for his glory. A man don't need to have long hair because the woman is his glory. You don't look like a woman. Cut your hair. Or go to somebody and let them cut it. So he got the beard. And when he got the beard, he had the head. All right. And so he didn't worry about worrying, working on the body. When he had the head, he cut his head off. Cut the lion's head off and cut the bear's head off. And so now we see that part of David's strategy is I'm not going to play around cutting the toes of my enemy off. I'm going for the head. So David was looking at Goliath's big old head. Everybody else worried about, oh, he's tall, he's got all this armor. David was watching his head. And he saw that despite all this stuff he had on him, all up here was bare. He said, that's the spot. That's the spot. That's the spot. That's when he loaded that stone. It just took one stone. And he wound that sling shot up. Huh? I'm going to tell you something else, too. Everything the enemy say he's going to do to you, if you walk with the Lord, the Lord will do it to him. He told David, you come on over here with your little self. I'll cut you up. I'll feed you to the birds and to the beast. And David said, I ain't, I ain't, no, ain't no bird gonna taste me and no beast either. But they're gonna taste you and the host of the Philistines. Isn't that what happened to Pharaoh? You get out of here, you're not gonna see my face no more. You, if you, you'll be dead. He spoke his own sentence in Moses' face. He never did see Moses anymore, but, but his firstborn him died. The enemy will speak his demise. He'll speak his demise right to you. And his threats to you will be his demise if you walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody else worried about big old Goliath. But nothing up here. And he took that slingshot and let that stone fly. And I believe God got in the stone. Huh? I don't know what the velocity was, but it hit him where he was most vulnerable. And here come this big old man. Face down on the ground. And Saul's eyes were probably popping out. And you know all them, they're all standing on the mountain. The Philistines and the, everybody looking at that. And the, the, the little armor bearer, he ain't staying watch too long. <laughs> that little armor bearer, so, uh, Goliath's armor bearer, I guarantee you, by the time David got to Goliath, the armor bearer was gone. He figured if he got Goliath, 
I ain't no match. He took, he probably left the shield and <laughs> and took off. Because it was just Goliath and the armor bearer, the Bible says. Jonathan had a good armor bearer, though, didn't he? God will give you a good friend that'll stick with you. David ran over to him, picked up his sword, because the Bible said there was no sword in David's hand. He took Goliath's sword and cut his head off. That's the third head. Hallelujah. And when he cut Goliath's head off and they all saw what was going on, amen. The Philistines turned around, pew, they took off. The Israelites were rejoicing. Don't you feel good when the Lord gives you victory over your enemy? Come on and stand up and put your hands together. Don't you feel good when the Lord gives you victory? Over your enemy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number seven. You got to have a plan of action. David spake boldly. He showed no fear. He charged his enemy. In other words, he ran toward him. 